So this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker and Meg, why don't you run down what Inside Tracker is and what you can get? Yeah, so Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. With a simple blood test and using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. And the good news for our listeners is for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash drop in. Hi, I'm Thomas with Believe in the Run. Miss Robbie with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And you're listening to The Drop Podcast, our weekly podcast about all things running and a little nonsense added in. And this week will be no different. We'll talk about running. We'll talk about nonsense. And then we have a great interview at the end. So let's get into it. Mm-hmm. All right. Robbie, that's usually your cue to kind of like <laughs> kick things jump, off. Yeah. Jump in. I was like in a pretty excited mood earlier and then. I just hit a wall right there. Oh, I think we man. just did the tree dasher review and I think that your energy went into like thinking and doing all that. And it's like, okay, I need a nap. Maybe. I, yeah. I just need to put on my, so everybody, we're chill. just going to take a 20 minute nap here. Yeah, it's going to, we'll, be we'll white, play some music or something. That'd be cool. If we just put on white, <laughs> white noise, noise. And, and they could take a nap too. Do you do a sound yeah. machine? Uh, yeah, we do. We Me do. Too. I do. Actually, we have like three sound machines cause we have the Oolers <laughs> in the bed confusing. that throw off white noise. And then we have a... Can you tell everyone an Uller is that don't know? Okay. It sounds weird. Our Uller is the most amazing piece of equipment that we own that was given to us for review and we continue to use. But it's two units that air condition each side of our bed. So Megan has a unit on her side that she sets to the temperature she likes. I have a one on my side that sets the temperature that I like. It fills up with water. It runs like on your mattress. You have, you're sleeping on top of like coils of water basically yeah. that it runs through and keeps the bed at a we maybe we should um, temperature I, we used to have an affiliate thing with them maybe i'll just put in the description yeah i think we still do yeah okay yeah anyway it is the most amazing thing because what it does here's my one of my favorite things. first off you can use the app and have it scheduled to this sounds like a commercial and it's uh, not yeah but you can use the app and um you can schedule it so for bedtime it drops the temperature down oh. for me to like 60 degrees because I like it nice and cool yeah. with the comforter on top. And then when it's time to wake up, it starts bringing up the heat and brings up the heat to like 70 or something like that. That's insane. That, and it wakes you up because you, but you wake up naturally because like your body gets hot. And you Dude, you're up. living in the future. I am. So it, we've got two Oolers. We've got blackout blinds and we've got a noise machine. Like it's like a world. It's, yeah, it's going. if you ever wake up at night and you and you're like dosed up with melatonin and CBD. So oh if yeah, you, yeah. And melatonin. Everything. Well, if you I do ever wake up, up, you have issues. Well, I do have <laughs> issues because I will wake up and I'll worry about like it'll be something like stupid that I said, and I'll be like, oh, I can't believe I said that, and yeah. then I spend the next hour See, cycling it over. Cooler doesn't fix yeah, that. It doesn't fix that. <laughs> and the other thing it does fix though is if you ever get the drinking sweats. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's that's 
sometimes I realize that I didn't turn my Uller on because uh-huh. I'll wake up and I'll be like, why well, I got the drink sweats? Oh, dude, that is <laughs> and, the worst. And I'll be like, oh, my Uller's not on. I feel like it gets worse as you get older, too. It does. <laughs> so here's the thing about Uller. No more drink sweats. Oh, wow. So you can drink as much as you want. Okay. And That's that bed just sold. takes care That's, of you. I know. No, they should put that as their <laughs> advertising tag. Like no more drink sweats. <laughs> All right. But yeah. I mean, it's one of the advantages. Cool. Uh, other than that, yeah, it is really nice for sleeping. And I will tell you, in the summertime... It's great in the winter because I turn up the the temperature a little bit in the winter, but in the summer, mm. to be able to get into a cool bed and sleep that through is, the night and night. I could get into that. Yeah. We got the ceiling fan going. We need to start selling some more of those so I can get one. That's true. Or it's been a while. We may need Maybe a I new just, update yeah. and see what's going on. Yeah. I will tell you this. If you get one, Kimmy will fall in love with you all over again. Uh, well, that Okay, cool. That could save our marriage. Perfect. <laughs> good. No more drink sweats. Save your marriage. Our 10-year anniversary yeah. is coming up. I could just uh, buy that for Ooh, us. Yeah. And I swear, this wasn't a commercial. This is yeah. just came yeah. up organically. It was a tangent. Um, okay, well, anyways, now that hopefully we don't have any more sponsorships, this, this oh, we do have an inside <laughs> track. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's just, should we talk about running this week? I think so. All right. What's going on? I can't even remember what we did last week. Well, where are what month are we in? February. Still, still? the last one though. It, it. I gotta tell you, this is the longest short month ever. It does feel like it's been going like on I feel for like I've while. been in February for a long time. I think it's also the weather. It's just like it's been cold, and then you'll get like a teaser day of like spring, and then it goes back to freezing. Mm-hmm. Today, today was amazing. Today I think it's weirdly hot. Yeah, but guess what? It is tomorrow. Yeah, it's like high of thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah, pretty wild. I'll take it though better than nothing i i suppose it is better than nothing but it is it's hard to make plans like i didn't go to the trail run this weekend because oh, yeah. it's like yeah we went to it we had a trail run this past weekend on sunday and it was like 18 degrees yeah and we trail gated afterwards for like a f- couple hours and by the way so megan you're a bagel person i am you someone brought like cream cheese it was vegan but still tasted good (laughs) yeah normally i'd be like get out of here with that (laughs) but uh it was like like cream cheese uh chive cream cheese and kimchi on every and then on everything bagel have you ever had that uh no i have not really good um kimchi yeah that's pickled cabbage yeah like do you ever eat kimchi on it i don't oh it, I mean, I'd probably do that. Is it's, that like get, a thing? It, think about. Like, I didn't know that it was a thing, but you'd have that pickled, like saltiness. Exactly. With After the, a long run, yeah, it'd be pretty good. Yeah, I didn't get a knock that one. It was. Uh, it I was, will not. I'm not gonna lie. It was really good. Featherston's been trying to pimp out different peanut butter toasts, and the latest one is peanut butter with pickles on it. Mm. Let's stop with this. We don't need to get that weird. Yeah, like the hot sauce. I get it. Spicy peanut Thai sauce yeah, is a thing. Basically, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Vegan kimchi is like a thing. Lox. Oh, lox. Like, yeah. It's the substitute for lox, basically. I don't like lox. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I think don't lox either. are gross. Really? I love some lox. Maybe I should get back into it. It's maybe one of those things I, I, I haven't tried as like a real adult. Yeah. Capers, so, lox, yeah. cream cheese. I Have you ever tried capers in a martini? No, that sounds good. It is. Okay. But let's get back right. to running. Megan here. Let's let's cover some of your running. I know that your workout went really well today. I, Thomas is like on this weird high after his great workout today. Oh, uh, that's why he's in such a yeah. good mood. Holy sh! Do do you not this realize dude, that I'm totally bipolar based on my Thomas running? Thomas flows with the winds of training. Yes. Yes. 
He is a roller coaster ride of training. Dude. Dude, that's why I've been in funk the last couple of weeks is uh So why don't we I talk about sh- why don't we talk about your lovely run this morning? I mean, it, it, there's nothing exciting about it. What's lovely about it is I I, I think the last episode I told told you Ben came over and kind of gave me some uh exercises for my foot and stuff mm. like that. Foot's been feeling better and also I'm going to tell you yesterday my foot was probably feeling the worst it had in a little while and I think psychologically I had a workout today okay and so it was like weird my foot hurts and i'm like so your foot has the same emotions you do pretty much my foot's like are we running tomorrow does it have yeah Um, does it have eyes on it yeah googly eyes it does does. but yeah so this week uh well i mean i i'm just enjoying some of the runs anyway i got to run with robbie on tuesday that was a nice morning too yeah and i i don't know like robbie takes me in ways i don't normally go but I think I might add that route to some regular runs just because it has enough rolling hills and stuff that it's kind of challenging. Mm-hmm. Like there was definitely some times where I was like, oh, this isn't like we we're supposed to be doing an easy run. I was like, mm, oh, yeah, this, this doesn't necessarily feel easy, easy. So I was like, OK, maybe I should be adding this into my easy run. So it's just like I don't have to worry about pace, just kind of hit these rolling hills it is kind of in a trashier area. Yeah. Typical Robbie. Yeah. Ro- Robbie I mean, Raccoon. It's not super fun riding, uh, running along that one stretch of like Eastern Ave. That's like a highway. I mean, there's great penis graffiti though. Oh, so some of the largest dongs I've ever seen. Yeah, they're like, there's like at least a 15 foot dong. Is like, I'm like, how did you not run out of spray paint? Yeah. Like it was so long. <laughs> they brought a couple cans. Yeah. So there's like an overpass where it's just like the worst teenage graffiti. Yeah. Like, Worse both in like content and quality. Yeah, somebody wrote about it. F word Bernie, but they spell Bernie wrong. It's like get get the names of your politicians. Like, come on, you're what are you twelve? Why do you even care about (laughs) politics, dude? There used to be some like real bad stuff up there, like Like racist stuff. Yeah, and like uh, it was like just jump. Oh, oh, I was listening to Van Halen today. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well. I Um, I was like, why did they come up with these lyrics? I was like. It doesn't make any contextual. Dude, nothing in the '80s made sense. Yeah, you might as well jump. You know. Here you see me standing by the record machine. I ain't the worst that you've seen. <laughs> Imagine just like jumping. Might as well jump. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. What was the deal with music videos in the '80s? Because they literally nothing in them ever made sense. You have to understand they had to be little TV shows. It's basically reels. But there was it's no what reels are now. No, no, it wasn't. There was no. There's no plot in '80s music videos. It goes from like one thing to another <laughs> that makes it no, like November rain. Nobody knows what's happening in that. Video. You definitely know he's in love with the girl. She dies or he breaks up or whatever. And the one that's cool that. that I kind of saw recently. Uh huh. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. How did you know that? Because it's the classic. I mean, that one is a. It's a chase scene. It's a bad guy. You got the. It starts off, you know, the waitress and she's yeah. boring life, but this guy gets her into you an exciting life. No idea. Take on me. Take on me. Why were you? Why were you recently got, watching that video? You didn't do the backup just, song. For, you didn't good. do the backup for that. Take no. me <laughs> on. That Take part? me on. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, okay. We're, we're you, you doing the high part. Yeah. You, right. you got it. See how Tom's so jacked up from this workout. I also had a little coffee this Holy morning. Hell. But, All right, back to workouts. Meg, what'd you do today? I thought we were still, are you done talking about I'll just running? say, I oh, got sorry. good run. And Robbie, come on, man. Um, I, I got in a good run with the Faster Bastards. Love that on Saturday. Uh, I was contemplating doing the trail run that Robbie's talking about on Sunday with the Faster Bastards, 
But then I thought since I hadn't been running high volume to do 10 miles Saturday and then 10 miles uh, again on Sunday, which turned into it looked like 11 miles, probably wouldn't be the smartest move as I'm recovering from the foot thing. So kind of kept that. But other than that, yeah, the running's been, I got to run with you on Monday by accident. Mm. That was fun. And I think we went for a run on Sunday, didn't we? A little short one? Yeah. And then ran into you. It was the coolest thing. I, I was running. Meg was doing 10 miles. I was doing like six. And I'm running down the street and there's Megan. And so we hooked up for some. I came up run. behind you. Yep. Surprised you. Yeah. Middle of the wow. run. So I've been doing a lot of group runs. And then tomorrow night I'm going to go, which is Thursday. So it'll be actually yesterday when you, if you listen to this on Friday when it comes out. Mm-hmm. But there's the run with the uh, Believe in the Run uh, thing that Brandon's organizing that seems to be growing. Yeah. Thursday night, six, six o'clock now or six, six 30. They, six, they so wanted to keep it at six 30. Okay. Um, yeah, so that, that could be cool. But now Robbie transition to Megan. <laughs> oh yeah. Meg. Um, I am jumping right back into, I feel like I say this every couple months now, right back into marathon training with Boston in April. So yeah, did a workout this morning. going to get back into long runs this weekend. Ooh. You know, six Did or you seven see it? mile there this morning. 554 so great doing, adjusted pace. I, I was doing uh, three minutes on, two minutes off. Okay. And I mean, I look at that, Robbie, and my workout, my my 400s were around what her uh, average time for the whole run was. Yeah. So you're three. What, Meg, what were you doing on? What They were between 540 and 605. Dang. For running. Not <laughs> <laughs> on a bike. Yeah. Yeah, so I I mean my body is surprisingly holding up okay after all these marathons. I'm I'm waiting for like one day I'm just No, gonna, don't even say that. Don't yeah. put it out in the universe. And actually to be honest, this last week I felt like kinda like a Tired. little beat up. I think it was like the delayed mm-hmm. after Donna. But this week I feel back to normal. So fingers crossed it holds. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah. And you're for are you like is for Boston, right? I mean, apparently it's only like seven weeks away. Yeah, that's the same thing. It's crazy. That's the thing with February. No one knows what's happening. Yeah. You can't j- measure time. No. And also we're going to, or I'm going to do, I don't know if Thomas is going to do uh, the BNA half here locally in March. You know, if you'd asked me this morning when I woke up, I probably said no. Because I was like, do I really like racing right now? And yeah. the stress of waking up and... Well, you're doing the Shamrock 5K yeah, in March. Get and then your, Get your lucky charms. I think yeah. we're all going to go do the Cherry Blossom 10-miler, yeah. which is the first weekend in April. And then I've also got, <laughs> I'm going to do uh, the 5K in so. Boston for the BAA 5K that weekend of the Boston Marathon. Yep. Yeah, why not? I'll go do the BAA I forgot half the, marathon. What's, <clears> why not? Yeah, well, I mean, it's right here. It's downhill. It's like low. Is it downhill? I think net net, but there's that some never works for me. Things. <laughs> it's just an out and back on the BNA. Oh, it's an out and back. Yeah. I thought it was like point to point. Do you want to just run it with me? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. When is it? I don't know. March what? Late I March. I'm doing March. I can't because I'm doing a March 1950k. Kimmy will kill me if I do another race. The next oh yeah, weekend. hat. But it's early morning. Yeah, eh, I, guess I think it, it could starts. Be a long at, run. Yeah, it starts at seven. Yeah, maybe it could then. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to do a 16-mile trail run this weekend. Okay. Are you going to go up to the hat course at all? No, but I'm going to be in PA this weekend, so I'll get some Appalachian Trail action. Right. Nice. I always liked when, when I ran hat, like going, it's so easy to get up to the trail, and there's usually enough people that 
kind of know the yeah lay of the land. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is, well, PA's all rocks. Luckily, hat is mostly dirt. What you eat? Have you narrowed down your shoe for the race? No, not yet. I, th- I think Speedland for one of the loops. And I would wear the Tecton, but it's just like a little too long. It's just like a What about that Speed Goat? If I get the Speed Goat, I, I don't have it yet. Okay. I would probably wear that, to be honest. I mean, I think for that terrain. Oh, yeah. Like, I would say the Speedland's really good. But for that terrain and that time on your feet. Yeah. No, the Speedland, that's why I would only use it for one loop. Because I don't. Is first, it Norda in the, in the mix? No, because I think I messed it up, like, because I <laughs> was trying to get it clean and put it in OxyClean <laughs> for a whole day, and I think it kind of, like, shrunk it. <laughs> so, like, the the heels, like, digs into the back now. So oh, it's no. just, like, yeah. otherwise, maybe. Yeah, hello, Norda. Robin uh, needs another pair Sorry, of y'all. <laughs> I think we're getting that other oh, colorway. Cool. Um. Uh. Oh, yeah, but then I also got... Doored by a car this week while I was riding oh, my yeah. bike, which like, I didn't really hear about that. Now I said something to Megan. I said, Robbie, when you hear that he gets doored by a car on the way home, it's not like I'm like, oh damn, Robbie. I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like any given week. Could, I feel like that's the kind of energy you have. Like, it's <laughs> pretty accurate. Yeah, it's like I mean. In, in all honesty, I probably shouldn't ride down Eastern Avenue because it's yeah, a dude. complete shit show. Um, but why? Tell her why you like it. Because it's like so much fun to bomb, bomb it, hit all the lights, and pass like all okay, the cars. So you're being an idiot. <laughs> no, I, that's harsh. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. It's an adrenaline rush. It is. It's just like anything else. I'm you not do. gonna lie. But at any time, someone could walk out or, or open, open their, their door. Car door. <laughs> I will say, my reflexes are like pretty good where i've avoided many of these situations to date mm-hmm. um he's basically spider-man and <laughs> i that's part of the enjoyment is like when a car is going to like turn you off like swerve around them like and do all that. then you get the real rush mm-hmm. and yeah i mean and and then but this one was just like i was actually ahead of the traffic i don't understand where it happened like okay if you're because you said at the top of the park so i was looking at the top of the park you still have a climb so it'd be hard to be going 20 miles there no it's like flat like right when it starts flattens out and starts to go like okay. almost downhill. So a little bit past the corner of the park. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So it's flat. So I was like on flat ground pumping as hard as I could. Trying to catch so that. So it's probably around 20. Getting when I'm ready going, for the downhill. Yeah, because when I'm going downhill, you know, it's like 26, 27. And he's on a steel bike. So downhill on a steel bike, Yeah, you're getting that extra weight. Yeah, yeah. You're getting that. And so, I mean, this was, so that's why I was like probably 20 miles an hour and I actually don't remember if I was checking the traffic behind me or like he threw out his door right when I got to the corner of his car. I just remember like the door and then, sm- I mean, full, full, like no time to break. I was going to say, did you have, did you stop at all? No. Cause like usually like I'm watching, I am always like watching for it so I can like usually break or like swerve, but like it was just full door out slammed Ugh. right into the side of it. <laughs> and like, he was obviously like, and you didn't fall off your bike. That was the craziest thing ever is my bike flew out like it was in the street. Um, and then I was just like standing. Was, that happened to me one time. Like, wait, wait, happen? you hit the door, your bike flies and you're just standing. Yeah, <laughs> that happened to me know. one time. So these kids used to stand at the top of the Falls Road. Oh, yeah. Try to pass bikers. Yeah. And the, no, they throw something at you. Oh, yeah. And they threw like a cinder block in front of my bike. Uh huh. And it knocked the bike out from underneath me, but I just landed like on my feet and then they didn't know what to do because I didn't fall (laughs) over. So they're like, one of the guys like, get his bike. 
Yeah. And I was like, mm-mm. Yeah. And uh, the chain had come off the bike. Uh, so I, I'm trying to like whoa. Barney rubble that thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Away from this. It was probably like 10, yeah. 14 year olds or whatever. Dude, they murdered a guy yeah. over there before. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm not going to say I was a hero for getting myself out of there. Yeah. But, you know. Um, so one time, another time that happened to me real quick, I, I always say real quick, it's not quick, but <laughs> I was riding, riding, um, by the hotels downtown and the wet, the metal grates were there. Like, oh. you know, where oh, it drains yeah. and it yeah. was all wet and that slipped out from under me and I ran out of it, which oh, was wow. crazy, but I tore my calf muscle Oh, and it was, and I was going to an Orioles game. So I just like, was like, Oh, it's just sore. And I could like. I had a bike home afterwards and it was Could you? like barely. Okay. And so then I went to, you know, PT. They're like, yeah, you, this is when I was running too. I think that was like started the whole chain of everything. Okay. Cause I was never injured before that, you know, and I do then, believe that happened. And then I, you know, for a month or so I had to go to PT, but that was, that sucked. Mm. Um, anyway, so what happened? So I smacked the door and this, and the guy's like, freak like he's freaked out it's, it's like, gotta be yeah. scary for him yeah because you're just like what is going on and it was like an older man and uh he was just like didn't know it was it was a back and forth exchange of like uh like i'm sorry what's happening i'm sorry are you okay like are you yeah that thing and um and then he's like okay like we didn't know what to do because i'm like i thought my bike was actually fine in the moment and i was just like i wonder in reality, who's responsible? Technically, he is. Is he though? Yeah, because there's a. It's that's technically a bike lane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you don't have a bike lane. You that's can't true. ride on the sidewalk. No, no, no. You have to ride in the road. I feel bad for him though, because he who's expecting Robbie to come flying out at twenty miles per hour on a bike. I will say, I have my bright flashing light headlight on, um, which you know, size I of a quarter. Uh, it's super bright though. Um, like you could see it if you look if you look in your mirror. And, uh, so I think it technically will be his fault, but anyways, so he went, he got out and he was like, okay, well, I like, that's it goes to shut his door. And like, you know, where the, where the door meets the quarter pan uh -huh. on the front, it was just two huge dents on either side. So much as just like yeah. slammed it back. Yeah. It, it went yeah. like that and folded the metal. And he was like, it was like not shut. I feel, I don't know why I feel bad for the guy more than you. <laughs> No, that's fair. I mean, I felt bad for him more than me. I think it's, cause the it's because the expense. It's because he's fine. It's, we not, know it's okay. also the expense of fixing a quarter yeah, panel I, and I get a it. door. It sucks. Versus like, like oh, my tires. Bent. What? Yeah, yeah, what happened to your bike? Well, so I also broke his side view mirror. I don't even know how that happened. I guess Like you caused like $1,000 <laughs> of damage at least. Yeah. And uh, I mean, luckily, I didn't have to deal with any issues. Like he was like, absolved me of anything. But uh, my bike... The tire was like bent in mm -hmm. and it was against like the fork basically, but I, I can't tell if I haven't checked it out since I can't tell if the axle just came loose and it just like was bent in. And Robbie's like, screw it. I don't want to go back to the scene of the crime. Yeah. I just look didn't at the feel bike. like dealing with it yet. So I'll check it out tonight. But I mean, luckily I think I hit my neck on the door because it's my, the outside hurts. Like it's, it feels bruised, you know, but it, it doesn't hurt to like move my neck. So I think I hit that and then. And we went for, you actually ended up doing eight miles of running the next day. Yeah. So I think you're okay. Yeah. I mean, I I thought I was going to feel like hell the next day, but yeah. I was actually not too bad. Mm. So no more speeding down Eastern Avenue? Yeah. I mean, okay. I, so I tried to, believe it or not, I've tried to cut out a lot of risky stuff since I had kids. 
<laughs> like the like the so drugs imagine the rock that. and roll imagine like <laughs> the other kind of routes i took before um like i don't go on boston street which i used to do which is boston street i do think is super nobody insane. wants to hear about this but no anyways it's like a freeway but so i have tried to like cut out some of that stuff and so then this is just another thing where i'm like yeah i just need to go down side streets but I think it's a park. good. I think it's a and good it's, idea. It's more enjoyable. Like when we bike ride home, that's true. You go down. They're quiet. There's no cars. It's nice. I I was telling. We, there's been a couple of times where people have like, like they don't know whether to stop at the stop sign or if they should keep going. Like, and you like you want to take advantage of the downhills. So right. I know it's not the right way to do it, but I don't want to stop if I don't have to on Are the downhills. Should, I slow down. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually a pretty good rule follower. As far as so you're like, breaking the rules. I used to be like crazy, like just blow through everything, and then yell at people when they honked at you or something. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, get out of the road. Basically, yeah. But I've calmed down since then. So. Skate or die. Actually, sometime I want to. It'd be an interesting. This is like one of those discussions I want to have with people. Is like, what's one thing in your life that you completely you believed a long time ago, and that you've done a hundred one hundred eighty degrees? Because I used to hate cyclists like everything about them and like as a growing up in the country and pickup trucks and now whatnot you, yeah and then uh now i'm like i hate cars and i'm yeah. like the opposite <laughs> the other way around hmm. that's interesting i usually find myself like making judgments on people and things and then either meeting them and actually kind of getting to understand them and then being like yeah oh maybe i think that's just natural is that yeah. natural yeah. okay because i like i i have Stop trying to make judgments on people before I have an experience with it. Yeah. I think there are. And then there's people I thought I liked that are trash. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) You know who you are, by the way. (laughs) Those opinions aren't changing. Yeah. (laughs) If you're listening. One other thing like that is like when I see people throw cigarettes outside. Oh, it flips me out. Yeah. Or trash. But here's the thing is like when I used to smoke in my 20s. Oh, you're like, you what's the big deal? I would, you're like, oh, it's like paper, filter, cotton, whatever. Yeah. And I would do that. And now like I hate myself for it. Yeah. But like, but I also have to give those people like some sort of grace or pass because I'm like, mm. I used to be that, you know, it's like weird. That's a hard one because. Because I do hate it when people do that. Yeah. But now you know better. So you do better. I know. Kind of but thing. it's like. I used to be that person. And the other thing we talked about earlier was food. Like goat cheese, when I first had it, I thought someone threw up in my mouth. It was probably me (laughs) throwing up in my mouth. But now, like, you put goat cheese on something, I love it. Oh, yeah. But again, that's just like growing up. Yeah. Your palate changes. You're saying I'm growing up? No, you have (laughs) You still have You still are a child. (laughs) All right. Hey, so uh, before we go on with more nonsense, why don't we kick into the shoes that oh, we have yeah. here. Robbie sacrificed himself over the environment to try out the Allbirds, and we filmed oh. the video for it today. That was a good segue because you're talking about the environment. Right? And so, Robbie, what you did with the cigarette butts when, uh-huh. you, were, when you were a teen, <laughs> you can now it. make up for it by reviewing shoes that have a low-carbon imprint. Uh, yeah, so we did the Allbirds Tree Dasher 2.0. Here, hold it up. Uh, review, and it is... So Allbirds is super sustainable and like in everything that they do. I think they're one of the most sustainable shoe companies in the world. Um, and in the world. Yeah, globally. 
worldwide. Prestige worldwide. I was waiting for the prestige. Yeah, prestige. And have you ever worn them, Meg? Uh, I don't think so. You have not. No, you're not cool enough. Yeah, no. I didn't make the cut. When Alberts has said, "Hey, who wants to review these shoes?" It's always Robbie who raises his hand. Uh, I have an interest in the weird shoes. I mean, I'm just interested. What's well, and on? now we all know that you have guilt about the environment, and so you're trying. To yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what why. it really is. But like, go over some of the stuff. It obviously wool, eucalyptus, mm. natural eucalyptus. Yeah, eucalyptus upper. Mm. Um, you can lick this upper. Yeah, <laughs> you, can. you can. I guess you could eat it. Yeah, um, it's bark. It's vegan. Yeah, I could. I bet I could feed It's that not vegan because there's wool. Isn't wool? Oh. Right. Yeah. This feels not. quite heavy. Like if you're a vegan, it is. Can heavy. you use wool products? No. No, you can't even eat honey, dude. Oh, think about that. That's crazy because it's kind of like bees' milk. Yeah. Mother. Isn't milk there saliva? The uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Okay, this. moving on. Tell us about the shoe. Uh, yeah, so it's a <laughs> eucalyptus upper. The midsole is sweet foam. Sweet beaver foam. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's made out of like uh, sugar cane. The, the, I think when we say sugar cane, it's made from the remnants of the processing of sugar yeah, like cane. Yeah, the refinement So process. who knows what that means, but yeah, uh, some scientist. And then the rubber's natural rubber, which is okay, not great. You thought it was great, <laughs> and then we ran in the rain yesterday, and like, we were filming, and he had to take oh, off, and dude, he was I like, needed... he did kind of like that cartoon run where it's like, and then goes. I need to amend my review. Other shoe that we we are reviewing this week, that we just did the video review. Megan and I wore the Solomon S Lab Phantasm CF, and here's what's crazy about this: is a scent. A size nine that I think was supposed to be for Brandon to yeah, wear. Yeah. But I saw a 10 on the box, so I put it on, and I was like, wow, there's plenty of room in this. And I had a whole thumbnail above my thing. It, and so either that one was wildly marked wrong, or they're going to have a real sizing issue. I don't think so, because I got my the unisex six, which is a women's seven and a half. And it was a little long, but it wasn't like four sizes, too. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Whose is this? That's, That's Megan's. That's a women's seven, men's six, it says. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said women's six and a half. No, she wears a men's six, like if she gets a vapor fly. Oh. A unisex six is what they call it. Unisex. And this is long on you? It's a little long. Yeah. But like mine is supposed to be a nine and it fits a ten and a half. So that would be three sizes, nine and a half, ten, ten and a half. Either way, the sizing might be a little off. Maybe they were marked wrong. We don't really know. But it's Solomon's race day super shoe. Yeah. Megan, what did you think of the upper? I wasn't a big fan of the upper. Unfortunately, this tongue was just... it. When you tried to put the shoe on, it would get all twisted around. I call it like a bacon tongue. Like it looks like a piece of bacon. Yeah. And you're really trying to... You're really trying trying, to push bacon. I'm making fetch happen. Okay. (laughs) Really, really wants us to be called a bacon tongue. Bacon tongue. Bacon tongue. What else crinkles up like that? A dryer sheet. <laughs> no, they stay relatively flat during the process. Yeah. <laughs> during the process. Robbie's in there. <laughs> I've made several dryer sheets. Um, but I do like the foam. I think the foam is a really good foam. I'm kind of excited to try the Phantasm non-CF where it's just probably the foam and, and no plate. Mm-hmm. The thing that the plate does for this shoe is similar to the carbon X where it creates advantage for the rocker. Okay. So it's not so much. You feel that pop of like 
the plate and like a vapor fly. It's more of a structural thing that keeps the rocker feeling. And really it's just smooth. like an EVA type midsole, right? It's mm-hmm. not PVAX or anything. No. Okay. But it's it's nice. It's soft. It's it's kind of bouncy and. Yeah, like you don't feel the plate and the bounce like you do in an alpha fly, but the rocker geometry is really nice. Yeah, and the toe-off feels good. Dude, I swear I never feel plate in a shoe. It's like my one downfall. Which is so weird to me because Wait, I feel al- like the Metaspeed Sky, you can Metaspeed feel that Metaspeed Sky, plate. definitely feel it. And what about the uh, alpha fly? I just don't know. It's, man, it's really discrediting our review. No, it would be interesting. This is why I wish you got the streak fly. Because I can totally feel the little piece of... Uh, Plastic that's in between the forefoot and the back. It's not a plate, but I can feel it. But it definitely, it's the same material as like that's in and Vaporfly. So if you tried it up both of them on, yeah, okay, you'd be like, okay. I mean, I feel the difference in yeah, like the stiffness. stiffness. But I'm like, I don't. Is that what you mean when by feel the plate? Or do you feel the plate? Mm -mm. I don't feel like you feel the plate in a lot of the shoes. But I do feel like the Metaspeed Sky is one where you where you can feel, feel the load because the and yeah. also maybe the RC Elite like when the when the foam really? is soft enough that you feel the firmness of the plate and then you feel it kind of load and, and release pop yeah I mean I feel that in the Endorphin Pro. Do, do, what about oh there you go you yeah. feel it there what about the Vaporfly? Uh, I don't feel the Vaporfly is yeah. as good as it. I like the uh, the Vaporfly Next Percent. Not Over. the alpha fly. I no when so if, I'm I'm just saying between the two huh. the next percent two and the next percent I like the next percent slightly better than the next percent two. Okay. I felt like the foam was a uh-huh. little bit softer, and I could be out of my mind. Yeah, probably. But I I just it just felt more dynamic. Okay. Um. Any other news for the? Yeah, I want. Look, can we talk about Kara Goucher? Yeah. Like I think Kevin. that's important. I mean, she's... Can you... Yeah, because I just... I didn't know what was I mean, going on. I saw her Instagram. Kara Goucher was probably one of the first... When I started running... Yeah. She was probably one of the first pros that I, like, was aware of and paid attention to because she was doing a lot with uh, Nike at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of, like, in... At that point, I was, like, reading Runner's World and stuff, and there's a lot of articles on there, and I just started seeing her picture and stuff. And, you know, she was... Again, like her and Desi and everybody like running Olympic trials. And, you know, it was just, she's to me, marks a period of time in running that was important. And so right. she, she came out with some news, Meg. Yeah, she it? said a couple of weeks ago she was diagnosed with repetitive exercise dystonia. What the? And did, if she did not drastically cut back on her running, she not only risked out on losing her ability to run, but even to walk. It sounds like something a lazy what person would make up. But it really does sound <laughs> I got, like got I got dystonia. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like a super, super, super rare yeah. condition. That is crazy. But what it means, Robbie, is it she's no longer running. That's and so sad. To me, that is yeah. like the worst news that a runner could get. I mean, I don't I guess there's other exercising. I mean, I follow, I follow her on so, Instagram and she is like doing other stuff now. But I mean, you know, nothing compares to running. No. Well, so in this um, news article, it said that she um, started dealing with symptoms like a year ago. Yeah. And that she said when she was while she was running, it felt like she was slipping and it was scary. She had to like throw her arms out for balance. Oh, wow. Dude. Almost like vertigo. So they thought maybe it was like MS at the time and like 
obviously wasn't. Well, I guess there is some good news. Like, I, I would pref- probably prefer this over MS, where you're going to have to fight, like, muscle degenerative disease, you know, over over this. But I actually Whoa. really enjoyed Kara's commentary at the Olympic trials. She's one of the best. Yeah, and I... I, I I, I really, I, I love her being in the sport, so I hope that she continues to participate in, so, in the ways that she can. Yeah, so, sorry, just to go a little more into it. It, um, it Runner's dystonia is a rare form of adult-onset uh, task-specific lower limb dystonia. So what happens is um, it just, like, if you keep running, it progresses to where it would make it difficult to walk or run either one that's terrifying and so it's just like you just have to stop so what can you do what is this they said there's no 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 but exercises can she do like like can she cycle or is that too repetitive that's a good question i don't know could you imagine like because it only happens a long distance runner so imagine that there's probably zero like yeah (laughs) data or anything on it well care now well yeah but i mean that's i mean it's got to tie into some other neurological even and not to compare, but when even when I had the high hamstring tendinopathy, that really only happens in uh, long distance runners. So there was like one study on it that's ever been done. Yeah, and it's like impossible to find anyone that knew about it or even that wasn't a runner, like a PT or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, that sucks. But it looks like I mean, at least you found out what it was. Could you imagine? You know, how when you some people get something and they're like, like. A lot that happens with like Lyme disease a lot. I feel like where someone will get it and they ha- <laughs> they're doing tests for like a year and they're like, meanwhile the whole thing's progressing yeah. because you're not nailing down what it is. It's the worst. Yeah, I mean it would be it would be terrifying for anyone. I think that when you've devoted as much as your time and effort and life as Kara has to the sport, this would be a real bummer. Because like I do when I see when I run around the harbor. And you know me, I'm the youngest guy out there. Yeah, but I'll I'll see some, you know, older guys out there, and I'll I'll look to them and I'll be like, okay, you know, maybe maybe I won't be the the same pace. Maybe I won't be, but I expect running to be part of my life. I think that's part of the love of this sport is it's a lifestyle. Like you expect to be able to do this forever. Megan, who's our guest this week? So this week we are talking with Dakota Lindworm. She is a 229 marathoner. She won Grandma's Marathon. Um, She trains with the Minnesota Distance Elite. Yeah. Okay. And Robbie, when you hear the name Lindworm, what do you think of? So I think of Landworm, which then makes me think of, she's from Minnesota, and there's actually... In, in Minnesota, they don't have, there are places that don't have earthworms yet. How does the soil get irrigated? I don't know. But I mean, you can double it? check this. But I, I remember this is like one of my favorite fun facts. Why, because, yeah, why do you know this? Uh, it's just, I, I don't know, I read stuff. Okay. They're, they, uh, they, Facebook articles come up. Because they're an invasive, <laughs> so the reason why is they're an invasive species. They were brought over from Europe or, and I don't know, maybe Asia. And they haven't made their way to like the middle of the United States yet. Like uh, migrated. Well, do you know how fast a worm moves <laughs> uh, yeah that's what i mean so it's been like hundreds of years so that's i can't wild. believe this like because like potting soil like somebody somewhere had to been like you know what'd be good for your garden mm-hmm. some worms 
No, I, I agree. And like, so you're saying you know? Don't ever buy produce from Minnesota. Or are you saying that Minnesota that they're not a big agricultural state? Um, you know, state. Let me let me look. I'll look it up right now. I'm but. gonna say if that's the fact, I'm gonna grab a bag of worms. Hey, what do they fish with? Well, they're they're there. They're just they're not native. Okay. Well, but apparently none of them are native. So it says it does say here. This is from the DNR. We have no evidence that earthworms ever inhabited Minnesota before European settlement. Uh, so it's yeah so but now if i want to go finish it because they have lakes up there so it does, okay so maybe i don't know that's what i heard before but now it's saying that during the late 1800s and early 1900s many european settlers imported european plants that likely had earthworms okay. or cocoons in their soils but i uh, didn't know they grew yeah. in cocoons uh, yeah i mean i don't know the life story of earthworms but something i, I know that they're read it, read uh, did you know they're androgynous uh i, th- I think i didn't know that yeah and they have like seven hearts that is pretty cool. There's, I don't know the exact, but you can look that stuff up. <laughs> this, this is quite the intro. All right. Anyways, yeah. so Dakota Linworm is our guest. For the week. Maybe she has some insight into all this. <laughs> yeah. We actually didn't, we didn't cover, cover this. worms. Wait, for real? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That's why you need me. Next time, she'll be back on again. She's an up and coming star. So, yeah, just signed with Puma. All right. Let's roll. All right, first check-in. How how you doing today? You having a good one? That's good. Uh, Brandon's gotten really aggressive with the transfer uh, into these uh, check-ins, but hopefully they don't scare you too much. They don't break up the conversation too much. But this is about you. So how's your breathing going? Make sure that you're loose, easy. Let's roll. So today we are chatting with Dakota Lindworm. Dakota, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, I love that you're wearing a Puma sweatshirt right now, rocking it. Um, I know you just signed with Puma. I know you just ran a PR in Houston and you're doing awesome things, but I would love to sort of start way back. Um, I just want to know, like I see she's got her run medals up behind her. Oh. Like, obviously, those are some special <laughs> events. Like, what do you got up there? Um, I have my um, All-American medals back there. Those mean a lot to me. And then I have just whatever races were significant for whatever reason. Like, I have Grandma's uh, 2021 up there oh. where I won. Um, I have some of my USATF top 10 medals back there, too. Wow, Grandma's must have had a cool crowd because that was the same one that Ben was at and uh, our last guest that was on. Okay, so we can chat more about those medals in a little bit, but take us way back. So I know that you were a hockey player. I know nothing about hockey. So talk to us about your childhood and what sports you were playing and then eventually how you got into running. Yeah, so I started playing hockey in the second grade. Uh, Minnesota, like when you're a kid here, that's the thing you do. Um, And I fell in love with it. I was a goalie, um, and I really dedicated a lot of my life to it. And I went to special, like, camps in the summer. I got to uh, represent represent the United States of America when I was in middle school um, up in Canada, and I loved it. Um, And really my goals as a hockey player was to become an Olympian. 
And I, sometime around like my freshman year of high school, was super just engrossed in hockey in a way that wasn't necessarily super healthy. My okay. highest highs were with hockey and my lowest lows were with hockey. So um, I think my mom saw that and was just kind of like, you know, you've got to broaden your horizons. She wasn't saying she didn't believe in me and that I could do these really great things. She was just saying that, uh, you know, great athletes are great at a lot of things. So you should try, you should try something different. And that was in the spring. So I didn't have a ton of options. Um, one option I did have was uh, tennis. And I was actually super interested in it because it's a lot of hand-eye coordination, which being a goalie, I, I had, a, I'd say I was pretty good at. Uh, but I found out they wore skirts and <laughs> I was immediately out because I am not really like a skirt kind of person. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, you know, I win the mile in my gym class, and uh, I usually win the pacer test in gym class. So I was like, yeah, I must be pretty good at long-distance running. Um, so I joined track and went out for distance, and I was horrible. I was uh, taking last at pretty much every meet. Uh, I didn't do well in, by any standard, but I loved the fact that I was so bad at it that, like, I had so much room for improvement, um, and I really fell in love with just the process of what you put into running, you got out of it. Well, I got to go. I mean, the correlation between hockey and then running, and then you would think, okay, Apollo Ono, you got to do uh, speed skating then, and that, that hasn't happened? Uh, no, being a goalie, I, I spent a lot of time standing in one spot, uh, so <laughs> I, I guess I wasn't maybe the fastest uh, skater <laughs> but still being on ice like that's scary to me like not growing up with hockey and all that kind of stuff i've ice skated but like i don't know that it's my best place to be like footing wise <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh i think it gave me a lot of character because when you're trying a new sport for the first time it's always hard uh but there's something really unique about hockey because if you're starting basketball let's say you can you can run you can stand but what's really unique about hockey is it's hard to just stand on two feet. Yeah. Um, so I remember pretty distinctly kind of hating it right away. Uh, but my parents aren't the kind of parents who would let me quit anything. So uh, I remember crying on the ice and my dad was the coach. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But uh, I'm happy I stuck it out. It, it got me here. Do you still play hockey? Um, no, I do still have my gear and my skates and I'll go ice skating occasionally, but, uh, just the risk of injury with it isn't really That's me and skiing, like in snowboarding. Yeah. Like I used to ski and snowboard every winter and now I'm like, I could get hurt. <laughs> I want to be able yeah, to I, I also really, I love to snowboard, but it's just, it's when it's your body on the line and that's how I now make money. I have to be really smart about that. Yeah. I'm I'm fascinated that you went for goalie in hockey. Like hockey itself sounds pretty scary, like pucks flying at you, but goalie sounds like really terrifying. And yeah, you know, I think oh, I was gonna say, and side size wise, you don't look like a giant <laughs> person that can like block you know, a lot. Use I mean, maybe I don't know the size of the pads, but yeah, it, it would seem like there would be a lot of openings. <laughs> Yeah, I don't really fit the description for a goalie necessarily, but I was fast and I was gritty, which is kind of what, what you need to be. And I really was drawn to the position because all the other positions, you have to take breaks, you take shifts. Um, 
and I liked being a goalie because I was out there the whole time. Um, and I, I guess I was kind of being selfish that way. I didn't want to share time on the ice. Nice. And those are all your teeth in your mouth there? Those are, are yeah. your originals? <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> Very good. You're a successful goalie then. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so what did you say? It was middle school when your mom suggested you start trying some other sports, and that's when you started running? Uh, it was my freshman year of high school. Of high school. Okay. So then talk to us about where you sort of fell in love with running and the, the projection that it went from there. Yeah. So my first couple weeks on the track team, uh, it was very apparent that I was not very good. Um, and I look back at it, and it's kind of funny. The, the girls, it was uh, both genders, but the girls would go off on their own and they would hide behind the middle school. Um, if we were supposed to be gone for 30 minutes, they'd hide behind the middle school for 20 um, and just kind of hang out and then, you know, jog on back in when uh, it was time to come back. And I was so bad that I couldn't do that because I wasn't going to get any better. And I'm not somebody who really breaks the rules or anything. So I would run with the guys um, and eventually the girls got caught and it was really kind of like a fun thing for me to, to not be a part of that and the guys be like no she Dakota was with us don't don't get her in trouble so um uh it was I think because maybe the, that I had to run with the guys to run with anybody at that time I um I did get a lot better that freshman year because I was uh constantly basically racing to stay with the with the guys um but once I kind of went through my high school career. I didn't really find like a ton of success by any means. Like if you're talking about standards of, you know, other uh, post collegiate runners, so like I was never, when did I you never start made state. Having... I never went to Nashville. Yeah. When did you start um, having like confidence in your running and kind of like going, Hey, this is, this is cool. I'm making progress. Yeah, so uh, I went to Northern State University after uh, high school. I was a walk-on, um, and even right away, I was pretty un unsuccessful. It was my sophomore year that I made my first national meet, um, and I was having these big PRs. Like, every time I ran a 10K, I would cut two minutes off of my, my last PR. Um, and by the time I graduated, my college coach was, like, kind of, sat me down was like, hey, I think you could make the Olympic trials in the marathon. I think that's kind of what you're, you're best suited for. Um, and I was like, whoa, what is this? I had no idea there was like this post-collegiate running scene really at all. Um, and it was so it's kind of post-collegiately that I, I think I found my stride because I'm not really like a 10K runner in general. Like that's still pretty short for me. So I think kind of moving up to these longer distances, I've, I've really found my stride and my success. So for people who aren't like track athletes and understand, well, the 10K for one thing is the longest event in track, right? And on top of that, you're like, well, wasn't, you know, the fastest at that, but marathon, I can kick some butt. Do like, I think it's hard sometimes for people who weren't track athletes to understand that there's certain gears that people have. And like, if you can hold this, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can drop it down. Like when you see those charts for V dot and it's like, here's your 5k, here's your 10k, here's your half. Yeah. Like some people they'll have a marathon that would indicate that they'd have like a really fast 5k time, but it doesn't translate necessarily. Is that how you felt? 
Yeah, absolutely. Even now, my whatever my V dot is, I've looked at it before and I just laugh because there's just <laughs> no there's no chance I'm running that kind of 5K, uh, even if I trained for it. So, yeah, that's definitely how I am. I can just grind for a really long time, but I can't um, really sustain a fast pace for a long time either. So once you're told that you think you'd have the success in the marathon distance, were you immediately excited and Tell us about your first experience with the marathon. Yeah, I was super excited. At that same time, I had actually gotten a job offer for uh, a teaching position in South Dakota, and it was kind of my dream job. But then my coach had told me this, and he's like, hey, I know this guy in uh, Minnesota, Chris Lundstrom, uh, with Minnesota Distance Elite. He's like, I think I could hook you up uh, if that's kind of the route you want to go. And I was immediately like, forget that college degree I just paid for. <laughs> I want to I wanna, uh, give this running a shot. Um, and I immediately just jumped in head first and moved up here. Uh, and I was a training partner. I wasn't on the team because, once again, I wasn't super successful in college. Um, I had to really prove myself here before I could really be a, a team member of Minnesota Distance Elite. See, I, I think that's brilliant because uh, people are afraid to take chances. And you're young enough that this is the time for you to explore an opportunity like that, even though you went to college for teaching and you had a, had a job lined up, this is the time to say, okay, well, if this doesn't work out, I can always go back to teaching. I can find a job. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I would have loved to be a teacher and that um, would have made me happy. But when I shut my eyes at night, like running is what I dream of. Running is what's, you know, the biggest thing that I love in life. So um, I figured, you know, what, what the heck, you might as well give it a shot. Right. Second check-in. Mm, it's probably a long podcast this week, but I hope you're enjoying it. And I hope you're enjoying your run if you're out there doing that. So maybe if you're staring at your feet, it's time to pick up your head, look off to the horizon, just kind of get in a groove. Yeah, did you have your parents support at that point that they were like, yeah, why not? Yeah, uh, my parents know like very little about running. Um, so honestly, I think they probably thought that I was like the next Kirk Cousins of football or, you know, like they, they had no idea what was going on. But if I was excited about it and it wasn't like harmful to me by any means, they're supportive of anything I do. Um, they, they would support me 100%. That's, that's very nice to have that. When did you like officially become a part of the team? Um, so I was up here probably about nine months to a year, I guess, before I was officially a part of the team. Um, my first, it would have been, no, you're making me think back. I'm not even that old and I'm having a hard time remembering. <laughs> um, so I ran CIM that first year. So it would have been 20, 2018. Um, and I dropped out of the marathon there. So immediately had zero success, I guess, uh, as a post-collegiate ath- or runner. Um, and then that, then I came back for grandma's and qualified for the Olympic trial. So sometime after that, I, I joined the team. I want to, I want to go back to CIM, even though I know it's probably not a fun memory, but yeah. that's your first marathon. You DNF 
afterwards, are you thinking maybe this was a mistake? Maybe I'm not a distance runner or were you like <laughs> eager to go try it again? No, it was, it was a, at that moment, I felt like the biggest mistake I had ever made in my life. I remember calling my college coach and being like, Hey, what did you think? What were you thinking when you told me I could qualify for the Olympic trials? You're absolutely crazy. Um, and I called my mom and my mom was somebody who like, if I needed somebody to kind of pat me on the back and feel sorry for me, she was the woman to go to, but I was crying in the airport, just completely hysterical. And I was so embarrassed um, that I failed at that time. And I was like, mom, I'm never going to do this again. This was horrible. I'm going to just totally trash this idea. And she was like, Dakota, Marie, you're going to do it again. Like you failed this one time. Um, you know so much more now. Uh, and next time you get on the starting line, you're going to be better for it. Um, and she, there's just no way that she would have let me quit in that moment because she knew how much I loved it and how passionate I was about it. But yes, in that moment, I, there was nothing I ever wanted to do involving running again. I like that she threw in the Dakota Marie. Yeah. You like, know, it's serious. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. So yeah. what was I it? I can hear it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about the CIM that, you know, got you, you know, out? Um, I was having some stomach issues around 15 and I started vomiting um, around 19. And at that point, like I was all shaky and I'm sure I was bonking and I just couldn't imagine taking another step, which is so crazy now because I, I definitely experienced experience that in every marathon you get to the point where it's like how am I going to finish but uh after having just that horrible experience of dropping out I don't think I will ever drop out of a marathon again because I know that I know I can keep going going into your second marathon knowing your first one ended with a DNF like mentally how challenging was that showing up at that starting line and like did you change anything with your training or nutrition heading into that one? Yeah, um, it was really hard going into that, into grandma's then, because I, I knew what it felt like to fail, but I think that also gave me a leg up. Um, I went into it being really conservative. Uh, at that point, I just wanted to run 244.59 and anything else. Like, I would have been just totally happy with that, even though my fitness was uh, indicating faster. So I started out really conservative, really relaxed, and I did get my nutrition down a little bit better. I realized that I can't really do goos or gels or anything like that, so I stick uh, strictly to tailwind. Um, and about halfway through grandma's, I was like seeing my family, like my dad's on the course, and I'm like cheering and like saying hi to him and like waving to my teammates. And I kind of realized, like, I don't think I'm supposed to feel this good at this point in a marathon. Uh, so I started slowly picking it up and ended up getting the A standard that day, uh, but just really, really fell in love with it. Um, I think because I went into it kind of thinking, like, let's start out really relaxed. And once again, I kind of had my mom in my head, like, if, you know, if I fail again, I'm just going to get on another starting line and I'm going to try again. I mean, it sounds like obviously the OTQ is something that's very important to you. And now yeah. you're, you're on a team with Molly who actually has gone to the Olympics. <laughs> you might've heard about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know, we, it, it's a shortened window now to the next Olympics. Obviously I'm guessing that you have your eye on that being what would make you feel really successful. Is, is that what you're shooting for right now? Is that, 
the goal is that Olympic medal? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think everybody uh, who's doing this at this level has the idea that representing their country is, is like the highest level of success you can have. And that is certainly true for me. Um, so yeah, I definitely want to come in top three at the next Olympic trials and, and wear the United States of America across my chest. Nice. Um, tell, so we were just talking about grandmas and was that 2020, 2018, 19, 20, uh, so 2019 would have been grandmas. Oh. Um, and then 2020, they didn't have grandmas. So 2021, you go back and you win grandmas. Tell us about that experience. That was the most fun I've ever had, I think, in my <laughs> life. Um, I knew from the gun that just based on um, who else was on the starting line that I had a really good shot to win. And going into, I mean, my whole training block, that's all I was thinking about was crossing that finish line first. So I, um, from the gun, took the lead and wanted to keep the lead. Um, I ran alone for the first part for a while um and I kept kind of I'm not somebody who's ever going to look back and see hey is anybody coming but I, I think around like 10 miles uh the announcers were like hey said to like one of the bikers that were like leading me I guess hey could you go back and see where uh number two and three are at and I was like oh that's good news for me if they can't see them I'm in a good spot so I got to just really uh enjoy the rest of that race I ran a lot of it alone but uh grandma's has a really great support system along the way there's a lot of crowd uh support and my dad's somebody who's out there trying to get to like as many spots as possible so it's kind of a fun game for me to be like okay where where am I going to see Sean next uh and I was just super excited to finish uh, first and represent, you know, Minnesota. Um, it kind of feels like a home home course advantage there. So I will definitely be back next year, or I guess technically this year, to uh, hopefully defend my title. When you, when you talk about uh, going out and leading from the start and kind of pushing and knowing kind of general where your fitness is, do you are you going out there with a goal pace or, or are you just going out saying, I'm going to lead this thing and whatever pace that's going to be, that's what's, what pace I'm going to run. What, what's kind of like the mental going in? Um, I definitely go by goal pace because uh, I think it can be a little bit dangerous in a marathon if you're not kind of knowing where you're at fitness wise compared to where you're going out. So um, I went out in uh 228 pace, which I think I was fit enough to do that day. Um, but not having anybody to run with for like the last, 10 miles really wore on me and I, I did end up slowing down and ran to 29.04, but uh, I think I, w- I w- had more fitness in me on that day. After you have that big win, did you feel like you were sort of someone in the running world whose name was like being thrown around at that point? I, I don't think so. Honestly, it was, you know, it was a kind of a quiet year for grandmas and unfortunately for me, I guess, but uh, in the, I didn't really feel like anything had really changed, but that doesn't really bother me. I don't, I guess I don't check the, you know, I don't check let's run to see what people think of me or, you know, like I don't really care what uh, anybody's, anybody's really saying. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have like an, an underdog mentality where I just like to, uh, you know, kind of just put my nose down, do the work, and I'll show up on race day, hopefully fit. And if nobody thinks I can win that day, that's fine. I'm hoping to prove them wrong. So with that, you're talking about, like, checking out, like, reputations and stuff like that. Who was, who's the marathoner that you probably 
like look up to. I'm gonna say I, I don't want to answer for you, but I'm gonna guess that Molly is too much of a contemporary that you're gonna be you know pulling somebody further out. Um, but I'll let you answer the question. <laughs> Yeah, um, I've always really looked up to Des. She was maybe somebody I like the first. I'm not really like a running nerd by any standards. Like I don't, I don't know. I just don't like look into too much. But I've always just really appreciated Des and kind of her honesty and her, like who she is on social media seems like who she is outside of social media. Um, I don't really know her personally, but just kind of that like, hey, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to give today what is 100% for me and if that's great that's great and if it's not it's not kind of attitude I, I like that so after your big win at grandma's you go to Boston and also have a really great day there um, what was your goal heading into into that one into Boston yeah Boston I um, had a goal of running 226 which I fell very short of I learned a lot of things at Boston um, and I definitely wanted to be in that top five of Americans. So to place third as an American was like, like on, I was on cloud nine. Um, it was a, a hard day because I, I learned a lot about leading a world major marathon, but I really enjoyed it. And I think that going back to Boston this year, I'm going to have so much more knowledge. And I think I'm going to be so much stronger knowing what to expect. I feel like Boston is such a an amazing course because of the spectators and the crowds, but it's also such a hard course. And I think definitely having run it before will give you a lot for, for going back into it this time. So are you still shooting for a, a top American spot? Are we going for time or do you have specific goals for, for this April? You know, this year is so crazy. I don't think I can really put a place goal on Boston just because the field is just outstanding. Um, but I do have that 226 on my mind, and I think I can do that. Uh, and whatever that ends up being place-wise is going to be fine with me. It's hard to make uh, place goals for something so big and so talented because, you know, you can't determine how other people are going to do on that day. Yeah, I mean, we've seen people rise to the occasion we've seen people fall but the crazy thing is how close it is together so you were just there like a couple months ago mm -hmm. and yeah. it, before we know it we'll be back there i think what is there six how many days are left is it less than 60 right i don't know yeah you know you probably you're in the middle of training how so how is training going oh. for boston yeah, it's been good. It's been different for me. I've been doing a lot of half marathons, which uh, I'd say my bread and butter is a marathon. So I've been doing some shorter stuff, which I think is going to help me long term uh, in the marathon. But it's been going well. I haven't really done any uh, big marathon grinders yet. I'm heading to Albuquerque, New Mexico tomorrow to get some altitude and hopefully I'll I'll start uh, kind of getting into the thick of marathon training. See, that's when you know you got it. Because we know people who live near you. And it's cold. Oh, yeah. And they're running okay. on treadmills and <laughs> doing that stuff. But Albuquerque sounds a lot better. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Def definitely. It's it's nice to have the confidence of, like, doing the workouts outside. The treadmill is great when you need it. But yeah. it's nice to be outside when you can. Are you doing a lot of your training right now inside on a treadmill? Yeah, a lot of the easy runs for sure. Because like there's it's just too dangerous sometimes with yeah. the ice to go outside. Um, it's like or minus six degrees, right? 
Uh, today's pretty nice. It's like 30. Um, but yeah, it's been like negative for a while now. And I think we're going back into the freezer right as I'm getting out of here. So good timing. Yeah, we were just actually yeah. this weekend with a friend who lives in Minnesota. And he was just telling us about the temperatures. And I, what do you even wear when it's negative six to go running? Like, how do your hands stay warm? I actually put, they're called little hotties. It's like a little uh, hand warmer that you shake them up. And yeah. I, I put those in my gloves because as soon as my hands get cold, I am, I'm done. Like, it's just not fun for me. Yeah. Well, it wasn't fun for us because we went to Florida thinking we were going to get some warm weather. And we ended up being in like <laughs> 40 degrees with 20 mile per hour winds. And we're like, why yeah. do we even travel down here? Hey, that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I take 40 degrees. <laughs> that's what, that's what uh, our friend thought, you know, coming down. But yeah. Um, it's yeah. funny cause I do the same thing with the hand warmers, but it's like we're in Baltimore. So it's like 10, 15 degrees here. Like that's the very cold. So for you, you'd probably be like, oh, I'll go out without gloves on. Yeah, not quite, but yeah, pretty close. <laughs> we're soft. Um, okay. So do you have more races lined up before Boston? Yeah, I'm going to go to Atlanta uh, at the end of February, uh, run the half marathon there, and then I'll be in New York for the half marathon, and that'll be my final tune-up race before Boston. Very cool. So I read that you believe a lot in strength training along with your running. Is that true? Yeah, yep. I um, I pretty much get in the gym five days a week as long mm -hmm. as I'm not uh, coming close to a to a race, um, not necessarily always legs. I believe that, it, you know, your arms are just in, as important. So like today, uh, when I go do my double, I'll finish with an arm lift. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy getting in the gym any way possible. I think that um, you can't, I think there's like a stigma of around runners don't really lift, which I think lifting is what keeps us healthy. It's what's gonna keep me strong, hopefully around mile 22 in a marathon. Uh, <laughs> And but yeah, I, I really enjoy lifting. Did that start before running? Was that part of the hockey workouts? Or is that something that as you've, uh, you know, grown up that you're just like, okay, I need to have a, a stronger body for this? Yeah, that definitely came post-collegiately. Uh, I remember the first time my college coach made me lift, I cried because <laughs> I did not want to do it. I <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't like that I wasn't very good at it. Um but now I think post-collegiately I've realized that I don't, I'm just not uh, the same as these runners who, you know, have been high school phenoms. Like I don't have the same amount of maybe natural talent. So I have to make up for that in other ways outside of running. So I spend a lot of time focusing on how I can be stronger um, in ways that maybe they're not. I love that. And I hate going to the gym. So how do you, like for someone like me who just really does not want to go and lift or do anything you, like you that. You lift those three pound weights yeah, on I, your I bike. Have, <laughs> I have three pound dumbbells on my bicycle. Um, what uh, what advice or, or like what convincing can you tell me that like this will have an amazing effect on running performance? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my whole career should be the, the uh, reason that you know that it's going to have an effect on your running performance because I literally went from somebody who barely, uh, you know, I never even made like a high school track meet to somebody who can be an Olympic trial, trial qualifier. But uh, for me, it was always like I just didn't like the, the judgment side of going to the gym. Um, I don't 
I don't do well with like correction. So when, yeah. especially I feel like guys would come up to me and be like, Hey, <laughs> you should be doing this with your back. I get like kind of upset about that, but I've come to the point where I'm like, Hey, I could probably beat you in a marathon. So don't, don't try to give me advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, you know, I don't, you don't think about that as an environment, but I'm sure as somebody going into a gym and even if you're a male runner, you're not going to be, except uh, for our friend up in um, at Ryan Hall, like, but he had to stop running to yeah. get that big. You're not a big person, so that you're going for strength, not for like a bodybuilder. Yeah, you're not going for like the yeah. the look of a weightlifter. You're going for you know helping your your system uh, perform better. And you go to the gym, so you probably like I, I would bet that most runners, especially female runners, probably get. You know, if you're at a public gym, you're going to get people walking up and trying to help you. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, not my favorite thing in the world when that happens. <laughs> Do you correct people when they're running wrong? <laughs> you see someone who aren't using their arms yeah. correctly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use more knee drive. <laughs> yeah, more knee drive. I love it. I feel like every time I see your race photos, you have like the biggest smile on your face. That comes from Minnesota. That is also Ben. Yeah, that's true. Are you guys just happy it's not negative six degrees every time you're running? <laughs> yeah, that might be part of it. Um, but I, uh, going back to like grandma's that first time um, when I was like halfway through the race and I was seeing my family and I was super excited and. I'd kind of always give them like a smile or a thumbs up or, you know, like kind of strong arms. And I realized that in those moments I felt even better. And so I've kind of just carried that throughout. And I realize now that if I'm kind of feeling bad or things maybe aren't going the way I want, if I just put a smile on my face, like it changes my mindset, it gets the crowd involved. I swear that if you smile, you're going to hear like seven people all at once be like, oh my goodness, she looks so great out there. <laughs> oh my and goodness. I, and I think, yeah, <laughs> but I think that that really like change, changes your mindset. Because you're like, yeah, I, I do feel pretty good now. Um, and I just, I really love what I'm doing. This is me living my dream. So I, I couldn't be happier when I'm out there racing. Two things. One, oh my goodness, you look great. It does sound like something that would be cheered to you at grandma's. Like, <laughs> yeah. Get yourself a cookie. Um, and then, oh, you betcha. Yeah, exactly. Boy, she's going fast. Um, the, um, the, uh, the other thing is, it, you know, I, I, I was a psych, it did psychology in, in college, and they said that if you're struggling, if you put a pencil in your mouth, it makes you activate the same smile muscles as actually smiling. And they say that you can, you're sometimes the brain body connection works backwards where if you trick your brain into thinking you're smiling, your brain goes, Oh, release the smile hormones <laughs> and, and that. So it can be a way I've used it like in, in times it, it doesn't seem like it's working at the moment, but <laughs> I know it probably does. It's, it just gets those, those cheeks up and, and gets you gets your brain going. So I think that is an excellent technique. I've seen Ilya Kipchoge use it. So, I mean, he seems to know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. So it must work. <laughs> I'm gonna try a pencil next time I run because I can't seem to smile when I'm running. I, yeah. Do you ever feel like it's hard to for like you have to go through parts of a marathon where you're just it's uncomfortable and you're in the pain cave or throwing up. Yeah. yeah. Are there yeah. are there ever times where you just you can't force it and like do you have like a backup plan? 
No, I can always put the smile on my face. Sometimes I see pictures later, and I'm like, that's more of a grimace. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm definitely trying to smile. Um, and I think just for the spectators and, like, for people who are like, ooh, why, you know, why would I run a marathon? I think if they see someone smiling, they're going to say, like, oh, maybe, maybe I could do that. Like, if she's having fun, maybe I could have fun. So they might also all be around like, that girl is full of crap. <laughs> this is not, yeah. you can't smile. Yeah. She is crazy. But, um, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Um, you know, when, you, when you're running and you're smiling and say that you are, Megan said that, you know, finding yourself in a dark spot, is there something that you think about that can put a smile on your face? I think, no, I just force a smile and then I like will purposely listen for, for cheers. And cause normally as soon as I smile, somebody's like, look, she's smiling, you know? So it's, it's just like that. Uh, I get my energy from the crowd. So it's, if I'm like really having a hard time, I try to smile. I'll get that energy from the crowd. Then the smile will be real um, as soon as I, I get a good reaction from them. And again, another good reason to have gotten out of hockey because now you have all your teeth. And when you smile, yeah. it looks great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really resonated with you when you said you have this like underdog mentality and that, you know, you didn't have immediate success in this sport. I feel like... Um, as a runner, like I'm constantly like trying, I don't come from a family of runners. There's no like running genes in my, in my background. Like I feel like I've always just hard to, had to work really hard to have any success in running. So I'm wondering if there are other facets. We covered the strength training, which you feel is very important. Is there anything else outside of like putting in the hard workouts, like whether it's nutrition or working on your mental game, is there anything else that you're doing um, to help with your running? Yeah, I have read, uh, I can't even count how many books about, uh, running, um, like the mental side, because I think that the, the mental side is especially in a marathon going to be a, a big factor because when it hurts, it hurts for everybody. And it's just all about if you can kind of spin that. And again, that's where like the smile comes from. Um, so I definitely, uh, look into and try to stay up to, to date on a lot of those like mental side of it uh, uh, when it comes to running. But I also am just a really big advocate for doing all of the little things, um, you know, all these little things that turn into big things like getting enough sleep at night, um, hydrating, having good nutrition, which is kind of like a weird topic in running because it's, you know, everybody's nutrition is different. So you just have to really work to find what's best for you um, and what works for you. So it's, it's nutrition is one of those things I don't, uh, I definitely believe in, but you have to like kind of find your own thing. There's not like one right or wrong answer there, but I mean, there is a right or wrong answer to getting enough sleep. Yes. And then like getting enough water and hydrating. So it's all of the things that we know we need to do. We're just maybe not always prioritizing them. Yeah. Yep. And the way I look at it is, um, you know, all my competitors are going to run the miles that their coach gives them. So I have to find ways outside of those outside of running because I'm also going to run. So how would I get faster than them? If, um, if we're both doing the miles, how am I going to get faster? So I'm always looking for ways outside of running the miles to, to get my leg up. All right, final check-in. If you're still running, this is probably a long run today. Check on your breath. Make sure that you're getting easy. 
not pushing too hard and uh, enjoying this run. So finish up strong. All right. I want to talk about Puma because you recently signed with them. So first of all, congratulations. And tell us how that came about. Yeah, thank you. Um, You know, I was working from home one day and I got an email from my agent, Howie, who is phenomenal. And the um, email was Puma Offer was the name of the email. (laughs) And I didn't even open the attachment. I called my dad crying. I had no idea what they were offering me. (laughs) But I was super excited because that is like a total dream come true for me to be like a true professional runner. Um, And I it really didn't really matter what they were going to offer me. I was super excited about it. And I shortly after found out that they were offering um, Annie a contract, who's my teammate. And I was just super excited that we were going to sign together with the same brand who is um, just doing really great things in the world of long distance running, especially for women right now. Uh, so I was, I was stoked. Did you know that Sarah was also going to be signing at the same time? I didn't know until like the week that we got to announce. Um, so just to hear that too made me all the more excited. That's awesome. So how much are you and Annie training together all the time? Um, so she's been working more full time and like has a little bit more of a rigid schedule. So we definitely train together on Sundays when we meet as a team. Um, Tuesdays and Fridays, she would try to come when she could, but uh, didn't always have that flexibility. So we didn't train together a lot. She is going to come down to Albuquerque with me for a week, um, so we'll we'll train together there. But we're, we do enjoy running together quite a bit, and I think that it's going to be really great for both of us. Um, she's kind of taking a little bit of a step back from work. She's just going to cut back a few hours so she can start coming to Tuesday and Friday practices. But I think that's going to be amazing because I love to run with her, and obviously she's super fast. So. Yeah. <laughs> are you, have, have you been down or are you planning to go down to the North Carolina um, Puma training camp at, at any point? Um, I have not been, and I guess I don't know anything about it. So <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> no, I guess. <laughs> there, yeah, that's a shorter distance. I know, but I there. figured they would get everybody together, you know, barbecue. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's with Amy Craig. Uh, it heads, heads oh, up. oh yeah. The, the group down there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I guess we're, we're going to stay in Minnesota for a while. So you get this email, you're like, I'm all in, I don't even care what it says. Um, Send me some shoes. What? Yeah. (laughs) Like, so shoes specifically, what were you racing in prior to signing with Puma? I was in the next percent. Okay. Um, But to me, um, I don't think that the shoes are necessarily always what they're made up to be. I think I can be fast in whatever shoe. um, Whatever shoe or now that there's shoe, I feel like... At one point, it was an advantage to have them. Now, I feel like some of the brands have caught up, and there's not yeah. that that disparity between them. So, I would say, yeah, for for timing wise, it's, it's a good time to have options. Yeah, no, you're totally right. There was definitely a time and place where having a certain shoe was a better uh, advantage, but now. I feel like all the companies are doing the research and they're doing the right things to uh, get those shoes up to date. Um, and I mean, Molly had just won 
uh, the bronze medal in the marathon, so they must have pretty good shoes, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a case where I think I, I think the fast are at least. Uh, I think that's a nice big step up from the Deviate Nitro Elite. Yeah. Yep. I raced in the fast R at Houston, and I absolutely loved them. I like that they have a little bit more grip on the bottom than uh, most other like fast shoes. Um, and they really felt good for, for me. So I'm really excited about those. So what are you, what's your go-to daily trainer right now? And then I'm assuming you'll do all your races in the fast R. Yes. I'm sticking in the fast R's. I have uh, spent a little bit of time in those deviate elites and they are good. I just think that the fast R's are a step up. Um, yeah. Uh, the day-to-day trainers, I'm in the Velocity and the Magnifies. I can't really decide which ones I like more. Um, See, I like them both quite a bit. I, I think I'll rotate. <laughs> I did not like the Magnify at all. I love, uh, I, the, I love the Velocity 2. I like the Velocity okay. 1 was pretty good. Have you, have you tried the Velocity 2 yet? I have not tried the Velocity 2. Um, really nice. Update. I guess I'm not like a very picky person when it comes to shoes, as long as uh, it feels good and it's comfortable. But I like them both. I think I'll, I'll, there'll be a time and place for both of them in my training. Yeah. I think you'll really like the the new Velocity. It really, it was a really nice tune-up. So, we yeah, we just got done reviewing that, and it's it's a good shoe. Yeah, I actually uh, read or like looked at that review. I'm excited <laughs> about the upgrades, too. <laughs> Um, okay, I want to hear a little bit about Houston because that I you won you didn't win you wore the fast R shoes for the first time you got a PR and it was kind of an epic day for women's running so but I'd love to hear your experience of the day so what was it like? Yeah, I have a small claim to fame on that day. I ran with Kira Damato for <laughs> like the first seven miles, so that was a lot of fun That's for me. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, to look over and like parts of me were like, oh, I am running my half marathon pace at her marathon pace right now. That's like, like kind of crazy. But also I was like, someday that's going to be me. I want to, I want to do what Kira is doing right now. Um, But I really enjoyed it. Uh, It was kind of a a weird weather day. It was very cold for Houston, which played well for Annie and I, I think Mm -hmm. Um, we were prepared for that. But uh it was just, it was really enjoyable. It was pretty windy. I, I still think I've got a little bit faster in me. I'm still trying to figure out uh, how to, you know, run fast, I guess, quote unquote, for a, a half marathon. That's like a fast speed for me. So I'm trying to figure out how to grind for that long at such a fast pace. But yeah, to come away with a PR, I can't, I can't ask for anything more. That's great. And was that officially your first, like, professional debut like as a professional runner um I guess probably not uh the weekend before I had run a 3k on the track just strictly for fun um at the Minnesota Open meet here in the Twin Cities um and I had signed at that point so uh and had announced on social media so I did technically race there it was very ugly. Um, I had had a few workouts. Uh, I had had a few workouts on the track that I thought, hey, you know, maybe I, I do have some speed. So I, I asked my coach, hey, do you think I could get in a 3K just to, I want to see how fast I can grind. Uh, and I told him to never let me do that again. That was a big mistake. <laughs> I had a lot of regrets about two laps in. So. Are you someone who enjoys 
like the grind of marathon training, like the high mileage and the long runs versus like the short, fast stuff, I'm assuming? Yeah, definitely. I, um, when I am doing the short, fast stuff, I'm kind of like, oh, I have all this energy. I don't know what to do with it or where to put it. So I enjoy kind of like that you're done with a workout and like it feels like that's like all you had on the day. What is your peak mileage typically get to for marathon? Um, I get up to a hundred. Okay. Yeah. I get to 120 miles. Um, that's usually like my peak peak, but I'll hang out between a hundred and 110 for a while before that. That's a lot of miles. Um, <laughs> okay. We have some end of podcast, end of podcast questions for you. The okay. first one is headphones or no headphones on solo runs. Ooh, I feel like I'm pretty split down the middle. There are some days where I need my silence and kind of like my my time to myself, but there are definitely times when uh, I I need uh, to get that have that motivation to get me out the door. So fifty fifty depends we, on the day. If we were to hit your most commonly played song on your playlist, <laughs> what would it be? <laughs> Uh, as of recently, un- I would be embarrassed to say that it's from, uh, Encanto. There's like a new Disney movie <laughs> yeah, that I, I kind of fell in love with. It has like a really great, uh, <laughs> yeah, the surface pressure is really good. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a banger. So that would probably be my most recent, like often played song. Um, otherwise I really like best deal. Um, and Taylor Swift kind of like, a Taylor Swift is on everybody's playlist. Yeah. Every... I want to say elite female, maybe even male. Um, we had a couple guys. Runner, they've included Taylor Swift in their list of like go-tos. Yeah, so I and think. She's amazing. Yeah, I'm with you. I think there should be like a van that drives along the front with Taylor Swift blaring just so, you know. Yeah. When you guys do your next yeah. marathon. That would be amazing. We'd all run so much faster. Agreed. So are you a podcast person or are you strictly listening to music if you've got headphones in? Um, if I've got headphones in, it's music. I do listen to uh, podcasts, mostly running podcasts. Yeah. But uh, that's more like if I'm on a long road trip or yeah, something. Driving. But, Me yeah. too. Like it, I, can't, mm-hmm. I can't hit paces listening to people talk. Like I, oh, no, no. I've got to kind of be like in the zone. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, you finished the Houston you know, marathon or half marathon, I'm sorry. Um, and now it's time to celebrate. You're a pro athlete. What are we going to get to eat or drink after, after you finish that race? Oh, I am uh, pretty standard. I like some pizza and I like some beer. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of like a picky beer drinker outside of running, but after a marathon, it's like, hand me a bush light. I don't care. <laughs> I just want a beer. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Have you dabbled in seltzers? <laughs> I love seltzers, but after a marathon, like I said, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I think we already know the answer to this one, but if you were not a professional runner, what would you be doing? I would be a high school biology teacher. Ah. Biology. Uh, yeah, I don't think we, we knew that part of it, so that's interesting. No, yep. Yeah, yep. That was the only science that I kind of enjoyed because I could kind of grasp it. As soon as we got into chemistry and that kind of stuff, I was like, what? <laughs> Symbols. I, I have a chemistry minor, uh, but I could never teach a day of it. it yeah. It's beyond me. As soon as they start using letters for stuff, that's when I lose it. Like when you have to use numbers and letters together, 
I'm, I'm yeah, done. too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's over. laughs> All right, Dakota, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us. Um, excited. We're going to be in Boston, so we'll see you there. Um, and yeah. yeah, enjoy your altitude training and warm weather. That yeah. sounds good. And I keep thinking that the yeah. women's American distance running can't get more exciting. Yeah. And they keep adding new people like yourself. And I'm like, holy yeah. cow, we've got a deep, deep pool of talent. For this and I can't wait to see it evolve into a place where you know we were right there talked about with Kenya and the other other uh, countries that dominate I think that this is this is the start of the big wave so we're excited to see you in the future and what you can do yeah it's been fun to be kind of a part of you know this uh these Americans making history so yeah thank you guys so much for having me on All right, so there's another great one in the bank, Meg. That was fun, right? Yeah, it was awesome to sort of get to hear a little bit more about Dakota and her upbringing and how she was a hockey goalie and all things Minnesota, so that was a good one. I do feel like we missed out on asking the worm question, but I'm thinking there's lakes up there. People are probably fishing. There's got to be worms all over Minnesota now. Yeah, oh, okay. It does say uh, (laughs) there are some things that talks about some species have not moved, um, have not been able to move to Minnesota. Mostly because of the climate. How about Canada? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good guy. Yeah, because I don't even know Ice if Canada worms. has worms at all. Yeah. <laughs> you um, got worms. There's no way anyone's listening you, to the end Okay, of this do you podcast. remember Dumb and Dumber when they like, he was like, we're, we're going to open up a yeah, store? I it's called, you got worms. <laughs> it's, I got worms. Yeah. yeah I, got worms. I got worms. Okay. Um, yeah. Swammy, Swami, Swanson. So no, with Samsonites right here on the bag. <laughs> And stick around for more quotes from Dumb and Dumber. Meg's yeah, shaking her awesome. head. All right. So that wraps up this week. Who do you want to thank, Meg? Uh, I want to thank all the listeners. As always, if you haven't yet, please go leave us a rating or review on Spotify. They just allowed you to rate us on there as well. So go ahead and do that. That would mean a lot to us. Um, and yeah, keep listening. I want to thank Matt Kacharski, one of our reviewers, putting on a sweet trail race or trail run this past weekend. Hanging out in the back of a pickup truck, drinking beers. It was a good time. And I'll say thank you to both Megan and Robbie for runs this week. And I'm going to throw in Brandon because I'm going to probably see him tomorrow night for a run. And he also produces a show. So if you like the editing, if you like the video, that's Brandon. And then uh, I guess your mom, Meg? Yeah. Hi, Mom. All right. So that wraps it up. See you next week.